Thank you for tuning in to the Game Changer 00100 show. I'm your host, Game Changer, and today we are going to talk about the Brian Banks um, movie. It Now, it's a non-spoiler review, but I will be doing a spoiler review on it, which um, I think will be a lot better. But this is such a good movie that I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Um, I don't want people to watch my channel in place of actually watching the movie. This is a very... Um, important movie to see um, once it's out of the theaters and possibly in you know the the red box or or Netflix or what have you then we can talk about that then we can talk about the spoiler review and y'all could still pay a dollar to go see it all right so if for those of you who don't know the Brian Banks story is about a young man who was falsely accused of rape and kidnapping amongst other things. I actually didn't know about the kidnapping charge until I seen the movie. Um, he was he was sent to prison for about six years. And when he was released on parole, he still had to register as a sex offender. And things was just, uh, his life was definitely damaged as a result of it. Now, the movie focused on it the movie starts with him and it focuses on the damage that you know being a prisoner um, and being a registered sex offender um, not being able to go within a certain distance of a school has affected you and I don't even know how that works because there's schools everywhere you know they they're pretty much there they have to be uh, reasonably within walking distance for kids so um, especially if you live in a densely populated city, there's schools everywhere. So maybe he has to go to like some rural suburb and live there. But still, there's you're gonna pass him. I mean, that that has to be tough. And having to wake up and charge your your leg thing is ridiculous. Anyway, so it focused on that um, for a large portion of the movie, and then it moves then it moves to then it moves to it's his quest for legal justice. Um, you know, he was he went through the Innocence Projects and things like that. Um, I didn't know that things were that bad in California. Um, so it's um, it's pretty bad. Once a person is wrongfully convicted, it's really difficult uh, more than most states to overturn it. So it shows it showed that aspect of it, and then. Um, but what I want to focus on in this video, because this is what really popped out to me in the movie. Now, this isn't a spoiler because, you know, pretty much everybody knows that he went to, or at least it's, it's public knowledge that he went to a lawyer who suggested that he take a plea deal, a black woman. Now, on the surface, that's not too bad. And that's simply because a plea deal is a win-win for both sides. You see, when you pick a lawyer, it's it's difficult to determine, you know, if they're good or bad, if they're lazy or shiftless or, you know, just um, an all-around bad lawyer. One way to determine that is their track record. However, even that is questionable because how do you determine a victory? Do you determine a victory for, um, in the case of a defense lawyer, do you determine a victory for somebody who just got completely off? 
um, or do you determine it by somebody who was going to do, you know, life, but instead you got them five years, you know? So let's start with that one. Let's start with that, with that one. You know, somebody was going to do life. Um, they were going to do a hundred years for, for something. And then they, they get five years for manslaughter instead. Okay. So that's a good deal. If you look at the track record of that lawyer, you say, oh, okay, you saved this person 95 years of prison. So it would seem, right? However, um, what if the person is innocent? Then you actually got them five years of prison. But, but as a consumer for lawyers, you don't really see that. You see a win. And then you look through the whole thing and, you know, it's, it's a bunch of wins. Now, let's look at the side of the prosecution. You know, the, the, the DA's office. That's also a win. Because the DA can, you know, spin the story as, you know, I got this person convicted of manslaughter. This person is doing five years because of me. So a plea deal for both your side and the opposite side is always going to be a win-win as far as track records go. It's a win-win. They look equally as shiny on the resume. So, and, and not only that, it's a very cheap way. So no matter, let's just say you spend $10,000 on a lawyer, right? Well, they want to do as little work as possible. Because in the time it takes to do an actual case, to actually research, investigate, litigate, fight, etc., 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 in that time, they could take a hundred plea deals, a million bucks. That's the way they view it. You know, a plea deal is just nothing but two lawyers talking and, you know, both of them have um, equal concern. They both just want to make a plea deal for the same reasons. So it's really no time at all. You know, less than an hour. Now, how many lawyers or how many, how many cases, how many pleaded, you know, if they actually went to court and everything and they had to do the research and do the whole Perry Mason, you know, bit to find every, everything, evidence and, you know, read the police report and read the, the um, rape kit, you know, the results of that. And, and for one, they have to pay money to do this. You know, they have to pay um, assistance and everything to do this. So a plea deal from an economic standpoint is always the best deal for a lawyer on both sides. So, which is why when I originally heard that she pushed for the plea deal, I didn't really suspect anything. However, after watching the movie and seeing the demeanor of the lawyer, um, how much evidence was actually for Brian Banks and against the rape accusation, and the length that she went to for, to make the plea deal, I suspect that something else might have been going on there. 
and this isn't just laziness or you know just trying to get that quick buck and everything like that um, I think that something else may have been going there now follow along with me for a second ladies gentlemen would you let's just say if um, this Miss Rice person let's just say she was white she was a young white person. Would you now now according to the movie at least, this this and this isn't a spoiler either, you know, the mother actually paid for it. This isn't like, you know, one of those free lawyers or, you know, um uh public defenders. This this is actually the mother paying for a lawyer. If this was a white girl, would you pay a white lawyer? Like male or female, would you have paid a white lawyer to defend your black son against a rape accusation of a white girl? The answer is no. Most people wouldn't, especially not a white woman. They wouldn't pick a person whose who's both gender and race matches the, the victim because they have their own personal bias. So you just wouldn't do that. Same thing if this was a Asian girl of any country in Asia. No, you would make sure that your person, that the lawyer that you hire does not match the victim. However, because it was a black woman, his mother, who purchased the lawyer, she didn't go with a white man, a white woman. An Asian woman, an Asian man, a Jewish man, a Jewish woman, even though most of them fall under the category of white. She didn't do any of those. These people are most likely to be indifferent. And God forbid, God forbid, God forbid that she hired a lawyer who was a black man oh my god clutch my clutch my pearls she hired a lawyer that was a black man why in the world would she do that why in the world will she will she hire a man who probably been in the exact same situation as your son Why on earth would she do that? Why on earth would she hire somebody who is likely to be more empathetic to your son than the girl who allegedly was raped? 
but because of sisterhood and it's not just sisterhood something else is going on here um some people are black first gender second some people are gender first black second and then we're talking about within the black community of course it's possible that the mother was black first, gender second, and she didn't see her as a black woman. She just seen her as a black person. Now, so she hires this black woman. Now, this black woman could have a whole bunch of shit going on in her soul that makes her vulnerable to bias. She could have been raped herself. She could have been fucking raped and molested and all kind of shit herself. And when she look at that little girl or that 16 year old girl who's accusing this man of rape, she sees herself. Or she could have wanted to be with a football star and was rejected herself. And and she sees that this is her opportunity at get back. Now I know what you're thinking that you know, oh, it's ridiculous to think that somebody wants to take revenge out on another person just because um, of something that happened to them in the past. Omiya, well, Obsidian Ali. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, brother stated that he wants revenge. Not on past women, the individual women, but on future ones. So yes. Yeah, so just imagine a potential for bias. Just let, Let's use that example. Let's say that Momia Absiniali was her lawyer. Or the district attorney for her, you think that she would have a fair shot? And this isn't a shot at him. I mean, this is somebody who wants revenge. So the mother, either sticking with the sisterhood or um, believing, or believing in black first, while others were believing in black woman first, made the mistake of hiring the the group of people who is most likely to empathize with the plaintiff. And just to be fair, the the group of people who are most against the defendant. This is California. Racism is not our biggest concern gender relations is. Meaning a young man in a situation like this would be better off with a jury of 12 white men than 12 black women. Especially if he has certain factors. Like, he dated a white woman or some shit like that. Yes, 
a young, and I'm not talking about Brian Banks in this case, because, you know, as far as I know, he didn't, he, you know, that wasn't really on the menu. Um, but I'm talking about um, in California, if you are a black man who's dated white women, you are better off in a jury full of white men than black women. If you don't believe me, Stefan Clark. He's from California. Gunned down by the police. And black women dug up his Instagram post from years ago. And they did not give a shit about him at that point. He was with the Asian woman. talking shit about black women on areas they need to improve etc 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 so the mother not knowing this hired a lawyer who was a black woman and as a result this catastrophe happened to this young man's life he hired she hired a person from the exact same culture that did this in the first place. It was the girl, it was the girl's mother, it was the it was the security guard, you know. Um, it was everybody. They all did this to him. It was the girl's friend. It was everybody. And the jury was all white men. And that intimidated him. It intimidated him. Because he wasn't aware, at 16, he wasn't aware who was his greater enemy. I don't want to say, like, black women are the enemy. But many of them view you as such. They have been conditioned through movies like the ones that I show you and or that I review and the ones that I continue to review to think of you as an enemy. To hold you back each and every single opportunity they get. So he was intimidated. He, he just assumed that this white, um, uh, potentially white jury would, would rule against him because of racism. Took a plea deal and wound up getting the same sentence that he would have gotten had he fought. And that is the beginning of what he went through. The trials and tribulations of a black man who didn't know no better. The, the black red pill community was not available to him at that time. And it is quite unfortunate. 
he could not recognize. His friend or foe recognition was just black and white. And in a great irony, his biggest champion were black and white women through the Innocence Projects. Now what does that say? What does that say when you really stop and think about it? And I think I think I think a lot of black men really need to change their worldview. You went through hell at the hands of your own people, or at least the the the, the um, X chromosome side of your own people, just to be saved by another group of people, the people that you thought were all that, the people that you thought are just racist, like all 12 of those jurors would have just been sitting there with fucking Confederate flag underwear on and, and swastikas, you know, um, um, under their beards or some shit like that, you know. That's what you're thinking. That's what you're thinking. That's, that's, that's who you thought was against you. That's not who was against you, was it? It wasn't. So his perception changed, of course, by the end of the movie. His his perception changed and, you know, he's he's free now and, you know, his white coach And this is what killed. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do a live about about this whole B1 thing. So stay tuned for that. Um, so his white coach, because white men are the devil, and they just want to see black men down. But at least here in California, white people generally are not the devil. White people like every other people on the planet hate niggas but if you get one on one with a white person and they are um, with a white person and you are not a nigga you'll find that these are the people who the day that you get out of um, out from up under your your false rape accusation by your own people the day that you get off the sex offender registry they will call you and offer you a job as a linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks I'll say come on let's go to main camp and then when you when you fail because you know years of years of not being able to go to a school not even like a junior college and 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 play on their team and shit like that years of not being able to do that um, takes its toll so you don't pass what does this white devil do he coaches you gives you a private coaching set, uh, session for a year and train you to be the youngest rookie in recorded history 
and play for the Atlanta Falcons. But he was the devil. If he was on the jury, according to his logic at 16, he would have sent them away even if he knew he was innocent. But, as he learned later, that the devil is within. And that is the story of Brian Banks. That is the lesson to be learned. Know thy enemy. Know thy enemy. This is, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, no. I gotta say this. I gotta say this. To the pussy is pussy uh, bunch. The pips, if you will. To the pips. What if he thought pussy was pussy? Or better yet, what if he only limited his dick to women that he is attracted to? Not saying that he wasn't physically attracted to, but what if he had mating criteria that excluded her? You may think you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by, by fucking a woman who's not entirely appealing or by just going around spreading your seed you you may you may think that you know um you have nothing to lose and pussy to gain you're getting your score up aren't you you're getting your score up there's risk involved and trying to maintain a high score taking five twos over a ten taking three threes over a nine you increase your chances of shit like this happening you leave yourself vulnerable to the problems and issues that come along with it and then once you find yourself in these problems or issues want to know what you're going to say to yourself god damn it was just a three and these are the guys who say shit like you know oh those those nines is nothing but trouble you think this is not trouble you think this shit is not trouble A nine would make sure his ass go to the um, to the NFL, and she's not worried that um, that he's going to leave her for somebody else. She's not worried about that because she's a fucking nine, and there's only one number above her. went to high school I didn't go to high school with her 
but um, I went to high school around the same time as Laura Govan. Those of you who know sports probably heard her name. I think she had a thing with Shaquille O'Neal. She was on, um, she was on real um, like basketball wise or something like that. Um, Los Angeles. She was like the finest chick that I knew of at the time. I'm talking like it was a, we didn't go to the same school, um, but through means I'm not going to really discuss, through programs and shit like that, um, I'm not really going to discuss, I knew her um, um, through other means. So I didn't see her every day, but when I seen her, it was a fucking treat. She was a nine plus and and she called him cute, but she knew it. Actually, I almost got into a fight with her brother, um, but that's another story. But um, but yeah, so she knew that what she was destined for, becoming the wife of a powerful person. She knew. She wasn't out trying to hold motherfuckers back. Why? Why hold them back and you can push them forward knowing that they're going to stay? Because at your school and my school, you're the hottest ticket out there. Now, is she full of fuckery? Yes. Did she cause problems? Yes. Was it this Brian Banks type of problem? Fuck no. Fuck no. Now, value yourselves, brother, and select your mates accordingly. This is Game Changer 00100, and now I'm out. Game over. Peace.